Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Fox Across America here on a Friday. Jimmy's on his way to his gig in Idaho. I'm looking forward to a fun show. And, of course, you're going to have to play a big role by helping me do the show at 888-788-9910. From the great state of Texas, where Joe Biden and Donald Trump were yesterday, it is I, Paul Gleiser, a man who is not confused as to where things stand in the race for the Republican nomination. I am a man of many deficiencies. You can ask my ex-wife. Well, for that matter, you can ask my current wife. But being muddled and confused and unable to see things clearly is not one of those deficiencies. I, for example, know what year it is. What do you, would you want to do? What's your 2024 agenda? Because I feel like we live in such crazy times that that is one of the things I feel we hear less about. Look, the 2020 agenda is to finish the job. Okay, Mr. President, it's 2024. It's an election year. We're in primary season, and I have complete, stunning clarity as to where the Republican primary stands. Are you ready? It's over. Yes, sure, we have Super Tuesday next week. Fifteen states, including right here in Texas, holding primaries, or in the case of Alaska, it's a caucus. Nearly three-quarters of the delegates needed for the nomination are still up for grabs on Tuesday. When we're done with Super Tuesday next week, there will still be 30 state primary elections on the calendar. That's all true, and that's the reason Nikki Haley keeps giving for staying in the race. But the Koch brothers know it's over. That's why they pulled her money. They know, like I know, and I'm sure you know, it's over. The 2-2 pitch at the bottom of the ninth just sailed over the right field fence. The game's over, but you still got to trot around the bases. That's where we are. We're trotting around the bases. It's a formality. Donald Trump is the Republican nominee. I'm not the least bit confused as to what that means. It means pure and simple that Republicans now have a binary choice. They can do one of two things. Get on board with Donald Trump or run the all-too-real risk of giving Joe Biden what would certainly be a catastrophic second term. There is no third option, thus the word binary. Go look it up. For all of you who have expressed concerns about a Trump 3.0 candidacy, present company included, it's time to get over it. We've had our say right here on this show. I still have some of the shrapnel wounds from you guys and the incoming fire you've sent me. And for the record, I have always said that Donald Trump had an amazingly effective presidency from a policy standpoint. The economy was humming. Unemployment was low. Every demographic, particularly minorities, were seeing real wage gains for the first time in decades. We were energy independent on the way to becoming energy dominant. No new wars were breaking out. Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin were, for the most part, behaving themselves. So, too, was little rocket man Kim Jong-un there in North Korea. The Middle East was closer to being peaceful than at any time in a thousand years. ISIS was done for. And, this is a biggie, the southern border was under better control than it had been in 40 years. Those are all facts from the Trump presidency from 2017 to 2021. Those are all facts. Dems in the media will try to ignore them. They'll try to downplay them. They'll try to rationalize them, explain them away. But facts are facts. They don't go away. 
Those are all true things about Trump's presidency. As to his 2024 candidacy, yeah, Trump is given to wild, verbal wild pitches that don't gain him anything while costing him among independents and moderates. That's a fair thing to worry about. Yes, it's entirely appropriate to worry about the effect that the complete avalanche of incredibly, grotesquely, cosmically unfair attacks on Trump by the unhinged left and the partisan media are going to have on those independents and moderates. Yes, Trump's continuing legal challenges, while they have served to strengthen him in the polls, are nevertheless draining time and precious resources and will continue to do so all the way to November. Trump is having to spend a staggering amount of money on legal fees. That money is coming from campaign donations. Somebody's got to figure out how all of this is going to get paid for. Jimmy has expressed, right here, Jimmy Fella, our main man, our radio buddy, has, has expressed all those concerns on multiple occasions. When I've had the honor of filling in, I have expressed those concerns. They have all been given due consideration. And Republican primary voters have made their decision. They want Donald Trump. So, if you call yourself a Republican or you call yourself a conservative or if you call yourself a not-a-crazy-left-wing loon, it's time to respect that decision and it's time to get behind it. Concerns about you know, Trump's electability, that's, what, that's, been the, that's what Nikki Haley's hanging her hat on. Those concerns actually seem to be receding. The polls, the Real Clear Politics average of polls, show him leading by a factor greater than the margin of error in four of the six battleground states. If that holds, he wins the election. And that's all great. But I would urge everybody, you, me, everybody, everybody who doesn't want to see Joe Biden elected to a second term or doesn't want to see somebody they run in in place of Joe Biden, equally left-wing, equally crazy, win win a term, if you don't want that to happen, you can't get comfortable. Joe Biden could still win the election. Money is mother's milk in politics. And so far this year, this is where you gotta, you got to pay attention. So far this year, the Dems have raised half again more money than the Republicans have raised. That matters. Yeah, but here's, here's what matters more, at least in my opinion. If Biden wins, it's going to embolden the Democrats to double down on their crazy. Political tactics once considered out of bounds by both parties will become normalized. You've heard the quote, show me the man, I'll find you the crime. That was from Joseph Stalin's secret police chief, uh, Lavrenti Beria. I never can't say it easily. Lavrenti Beria said, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. That, That will become standard procedure against every Republican candidate for president from now on. That's exactly what all these prosecutions of Trump are. They, they are. There's no way that Joe Biden or any other Democrat would be prosecuted for the exact same set of facts. They are going after Donald Trump because they are afraid they can't beat him in the ballot box or trying to beat him in the courtroom. That will become normal if Joe Biden wins. Here's what else will become normal. Another 10 million of the world's poor along with unknown numbers of its criminals, will pour into the country across our southern border. When that happens, we'll get to listen to idiot Democrats like Kelly Gertz, the mayor of Athens, Georgia. We'll get to listen to him try to explain away things 
like the murder of that 2020, uh, that 22-year-old nursing school student. They're going to school at the University of Georgia, murder with which an illegal immigrant from Venezuela stands charged. Here he is, cut 11. Georgia nursing... I caution against conflating immigration and crime. The data demonstrates that the two are not connected. There's been no legislation from this government that has created sanctuary cities. You're a liar. We're here to listen. Liar. There'll be time for questions. You are guilty and got blood on your head. While 2019 was not that long ago, you might remember the dynamic we were living in in the late teens in this country where you had the President of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people who were foreign born. And you had that notion oh, metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. Yeah, isn't that fun? This is what this is what Biden's border policy has gotten us. I mean, the, uh, uh, idiot j- drivel pouring out of the mayor of Athens, Georgia, and and sane people in there having to yell because they can't believe what they're hearing. We'll get more of that if we get another Biden term. Crime will further destroy what were once great American cities. More of that will come, and Lord alone knows what Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin will do. Hint, it won't be anything good. I can promise you that. That's what happens if we don't win in 2024. And that's why it's very important that we get on board behind the the people's choice, the Republican side's choice for the, for the nomination for, for president. You've got to get on board with Trump. So Nikki Haley, you never Trumpers, you quote-unquote traditional Republicans, the game is on the line. Whatever your concerns are about Donald Trump, he's our quarterback. We have to run the routes. We have to block for him. For him. The alternative is a second Biden term. So my concerns about Trump, well, I'm over it. I'm on board. Time for all of us to get on board with the Republican nominee. It's crunch time. That's what I think. What about you? 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser from the great state of Texas here at KTBB Radio, an early adopter of Fox Across America. Proud to be able to say that. Guest hosting today. Jimmy will be back on Monday, but he's traveling today. We've got a big show coming up. We got a good lineup of guests. We got a good lineup of you. Uh, uh, later this hour, Congressman Debbie Lesko joins us. We're going to open it up to callers. Tom Carter will join us in the uh, in the second hour. So too will Madison Jesse Otto Gilbert from the Republican National Committee. Uh, we will have Taylor Riggs, co-host of the Big Money Show, in the third hour. All of that plus you here on Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. There's more of the show coming up. You don't want to leave. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire 
fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America. Paul Glodger sending in for Jimmy Fela here on your Friday. Jimmy, be back on Monday. Meanwhile, we have we have important business to deal with. We have to get on board with who is going to be our nominee. It's going to be Donald Trump. Interesting. Did you get to see um, Hannity last night uh, on the Fox News Channel? Uh, he did the show uh, from uh, from right here in Texas. He was at Eagle Pass, Texas, with former President Donald Trump, about five hours and three hundred miles away. The current president, Joe Biden, was at Brownsville. Brownsville, Texas, is the least active port of entry, entry point into Texas from Mexico along the entire, however many, close to a thousand mile border that it is, um, 800, I don't know, hundreds of miles. It's the least active point of entry. Eagle Pass is the epicenter of illegal immigration into the state, into the United States, or at least it was until our own governor, uh, Greg Abbott, uh, built his own wall made out of uh, shipping containers and razor wire, and all of the activity has shifted west into Arizona and into California. And so the, the rate of people coming across the border in, uh, into Texas has dropped. They've just pushed them out off to the west, proving that, that barriers work, proving that Trump's plan, original plan, to create a physical barrier where one does, where a natural barrier does not exist, was a good idea. So yesterday, Greg Abbott was there uh, on the border uh, dealing with the actual problem. Joe Biden was at Brownsville pretending to deal with the problem. Here's what Governor Abbott said yesterday. Uh, uh, cut seven. And he announced that he was going to Brownsville after it was already known that President Trump was coming to the state of Texas. It just goes to show that Biden does not care about either Texas or the border and what's going on. As a result, you see a disaster. The United States of America is dealing with more deadly consequences than we have in our entire lifetime because of Joe Biden's policies on the border. You know, the, the border was not a top issue until recently. Recent Gallup poll puts it number one ahead of the economy. You know, it, it's the economy stupid. The James Carville quote has been gospel in politics in America now for as long as we can remember. People vote their wallets. People are going to vote immigration. And, if, and if, if Joe Biden somehow wins the election... This chaos will only get worse. It will validate what he has done. It will make it okay. He, if he gets reelected in November, he won't have to face the voters again. He won't have to engage in pretending 
to care about the border because the numbers aren't looking good for him. He won't make any pretense of caring about the border. The flood will continue unabated. And this no country can can do this. And listen, I'm right here in Texas, and we get it here. But people get it in New York, and they're getting it in uh, in Washington, D.C., and they're getting it all across the country where these illegal migrants, we're now calling them newcomers, by the way, the administration's come up with a new euphemism, newcomers. They are illegal aliens. That's the official legal term for them. We, we gloss that over. We've made them undocumented migrants. We've done that. We have uh, we've got undocumented workers. We call them undocumented with no other word. We keep trying to 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 soft soap it, but they're illegal migrants. They're coming here illegally. They are swapping public schools. They're swapping public services. They are a, a fair percentage of them, not all of them, but a, but a big enough percentage are what a big enough percentage of any group of people is a big enough. You take any cohort of people, some of them are criminals. So we're importing criminals into the country. We got enough criminals of our own. We can't afford to import criminals. And don't think for a minute we haven't been importing terrorists because that's been going on too. We, we're, it's not just poor Hispanics that are coming in. We're getting people from all over the world, including some really, really nasty places in the world. And all of this will continue and get worse if Joe Biden somehow wins a second term or if some Democrat they run in at the last minute because he can't find his pants gets gets nominated, it's going to be this kind of chaos going forward if we don't stop it now. Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. We don't have a choice but to get behind him and unite behind him. I worry about Republicans with that. But we have to do it because the alternative is too scary. Want to know what you think? 888-788-9910. You know, at least we'll have something to talk about between now and November. At least talk radio is going to be interesting. At least at least this show and shows like it, there's no show like this, not with not with Jimmy in the, in the chair, but, but talk radio is going to be a fun place to be because there's going to be so much to talk about between now and November. This, these are times we have never seen. These are, these are political, this is political theater like we have never seen. This is a, a very interesting time to be alive, but it's a very scary time to be alive because of just how much is going on that is just so wrong. I don't know how you call yourself a sovereign nation if you don't have a border. And we don't have a border. It is and and it's only recently when the when the administration when Joe Biden has figured out that this may actually be costing him politically, it's only recently that he has begun to pretend that he that he cares about the border and then he then he says idiotic things like well it's up to because it's because congress won't give me the money it didn't cost a nickel for him to sign his name on an executive order undoing what Donald Trump was doing successfully during his administration to keep the border under control. That didn't cost anything. Suddenly we need billions of dollars, and it's Congress's fault. Your thoughts on all of this? Got a, got a great show coming up. Congress, Congressman Debbie Lesko will be with us uh, after the break at the bottom of the hour, and you'll be with us through the show at 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. 
I think, the best show on talk radio, and I'm proud to be a part of it. More of the show's coming up. I hope you'll stick around. It's Friday. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy's traveling on his way to a, to a cool gig in Idaho. He'll be back on Monday. Meanwhile, it's you and me and... Congressman Debbie Lesko from the great 8th Congressional District of Arizona. And welcome, Congresswoman. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here, and thank you for having me on your show. Listen, you know, there, you got once again, we, we got right up, to, right up to shutting down the government this weekend, and once again, we cobbled something together. Is this the way it's going to be from now on? Gosh, I hope not. I personally voted against that continuing resolution, and I told Speaker Johnson in our meeting yesterday morning in D.C. that we need to tie border security to it and and give it a fight because that's what the American people want. People are scared. People in Arizona are scared. You know, we here in Texas, I'm coming to you from a studio here in, in Texas, uh, filling in for Jimmy. Uh, we, we shoved all of the, a lot of the activity toward Arizona when Governor Abbott uh, closed up Eagle Pass and uh, put up the, uh, the razor wire, uh, the concertina wire, and the uh, shipping containers. And now you guys are getting in. It's moving into California. It's a real, real problem. Well, border security is a huge problem. You know, it's it, as you know, 169 people on the terrorist watch list were ca- were caught crossing the border. Those are just the ones that are caught last fiscal year. So far this fiscal year since October, uh, 58 people were caught on the terrorist watch list. But there's others that have gotten in. I mean. ICE just identified recently that there was someone from Somalia that's been in our country on the terrorist watch list for almost a year. They're not properly vetting these people. There's too many people. And in Arizona, this has been going on for a long time, but it's gotten much, much, much worse under President Biden and his open border policies. Well, let me ask you something, because in the in the first segment of the show, uh, uh, Congresswoman, I was... I was talking about there have been, you know, the Republican Party, there's factions inside the Republican Party that have reservations about Donald Trump, about him as the candidate. Nikki Haley's hanging her entire candidacy on the idea that Donald Trump is not electable against Joe Biden, but she is. Uh, the, there are the never-Trumpers. There are all these things, that, that, that this kind of cloud that hangs around Donald Trump. But my premise is... The, it looks like the primary voters in this country, Republican primary voters, have decided on Donald Trump. He's going to be our guy. The alternative is more of what we're getting, which is the, I say chaos, it, is, it goes way beyond chaos on the southern border. We have uh, basically an invasion on the southern border, and the people that are coming across the border, a lot of them are just want a better life, but a whole lot of them want to do us real harm. And so the the, the choice is another 10 million people in four years from now or Donald Trump? What say you? Well, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, under President Trump in December of 2020, when he was still president, there were 74,000 crossings on the southern border. You fast forward three years later, December 2023, under Biden, there were 302 
thousand uh, apprehensions at the border, and those aren't even the people that are gotaways. That is the size of Cincinnati, Ohio, crossing the border in just one month, and it's all Biden's fault. I mean, on day one, he stopped construction of the border wall. Then he reversed the Remain in Mexico policy. He's doing this mass parole thing. He's inviting more people from Venezuela, Nicaragua, Cuba. 30,000 a month can just fly into our country and they can legally stay here. We have in Scottsdale, Arizona, there's Venezuelans and Chile, uh, people from Chile, illegal immigrants breaking into houses, using uh, uh, Wi-Fi blockers to, to go around cameras. This is scary. I'm telling you, people in Arizona, it's gone beyond that they're angry. They are scared. And in my opinion and in the opinion of millions of people across America, the only solution is going to be electing President Trump because he has a proven track record of securing the border. Biden wants open borders. It's very clear from all of his actions we need to elect president trump if we're going to save our country well listen he's bl- he's blaming it on you because the senate bill that passed that didn't make it through the house uh he, he's saying it's your fault here he is uh, cut four guys i understand my predecessor's legal pass today so here's what i would say to mr trump instead of playing politics with this issue instead of telling members of congress to block this legislation join me or i'll join you and telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. We can do it together. You know and I know it's the toughest, most efficient, most effective border security bill this country has ever seen. So instead of playing politics with the issue, why don't we just get together and get it done? Let's remember who the heck we work for. We work for the American people, not the Democratic Party, the Republican Party. We work for the American people. And let's remember who we are. We're the United States of America. So, so it's it's Congress's fault. Oh my gosh, this is such a joke. I mean, this guy, until what last uh, just a few weeks ago, said there was no crisis on the border. He kept saying, "Oh, there's no crisis." Mayorkas said, "Oh, it's totally secure." And all of a sudden, because it's an election year and he sees his polling going down the tubes on border security, he totally flip flops and goes, "Oh, we need to do something." And then he blames the Republicans. Are you kidding me? That Senate bill would have been worse than the status quo because it would have changed our law and it would have changed the law to say, oh, it's perfectly okay to have 4,999 illegal immigrants on average per day come into our country. That's terrible. Why would we do that? That would tie the hands of President Trump. He couldn't secure the border because we would effectively put into law that just one person under 5,000 a day, oh, it's perfectly fine that they cross the border. Yeah, but that's, that's, two, that, also, that's two million a year. Go ahead. That's two million a year. What? It's insanity. I, there is no way we – there's a reason that that Senate bill was killed. There's a reason because it was bad policy. And so, listen – if he wants to talk about legislation, why doesn't he support the House Republicans bill HR2 that we passed May of 2023 out of the US House of Representatives that would actually secure the border? Why doesn't he support my bill that I just introduced that says that the crisis at the border is indeed an invasion? 
so that if he's not going to support the border, at least Texas and Arizona and other border states can do it on their own. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, and certainly our governor here, Greg Abbott, absolutely agrees with you. Representative Debbie Lesko from uh, Arizona is on the, on the line with us. I ask this of any time I have a member of Congress on the show, I ask this question. You walk the halls of, of, of Congress, whichever office building you're in, you, you see your Democrat colleagues, you, you've eaten the, in the House dining room, you see them around, you talk to them, uh, not on the record. Do they actually believe that the, that the border policy advanced by the administration is good? Do they, do they believe in this? The only thing that I can think of that's logical reason that the Democrats and Biden are pushing these open border policies is to gain more congressional seats. Because if you think about it, if all these millions of people are coming into our country, they're going into California, New York, Democrat states, and then they can get, you know, when they do the census, then they count residents, not citizens, residents. So then they can gain more congressional seats. That's the only logical reason I can think why they would want an open border that allows illegals in to murder a 22-year-old Georgia nursing student, that it, there's another illegal that was accused of killing a two-year-old baby. There are illegals here in Arizona that have killed a police officer years ago after a chase. I mean, these not all people that cross the border are sweet, innocent people. There are dangerous people crossing into our country. Why in the world would any Democrat support that is beyond me. All I can think of is they care more about gaining more congressional seats than they do about securing the border and protecting Americans. Well, yeah, that, and I guess they're thinking maybe they'll, they're they're importing future Democrat voters so that a, a Republican there'll never be a Republican majority again. Uh, this very cynical reason to be impoverishing your own citizens and your own constituents, don't you think? Well, it's totally cynical, and but you know, I have learned from the time that I've been in the Congress is that the Democrats usually have these strategies, right? And they, and they go full force on their radical agenda. And, and Republicans, we're like more like logical. We're more like for protecting our laws, our Constitution. <laughs> you know, we're, we're like, oh, yeah. We want to play by the law. We're law and order people. All the Democrats, how, not so much all the time. How quaint. You know, we're going to play by the rules. So in the time we got left, the, the Republicans, one of the things that frustrates me about the Republican Party is we can't quite seem to get united when we need to be united. Can we can we coalesce this time behind Donald Trump since he's going to be the nominee, do you think? Well, I certainly hope so. I have endorsed Donald Trump. Listen, we cannot afford to have Joe Biden in there for another four years. He has not only opened the border, crime has increased, prices of everything at the grocery store are through the roofs, prices of homes have gone up, everything has gone up. People can't afford to live anymore. This is a total disaster, and we have to elect President Trump if we want to save our country. Well, I agree with you. I'm, the question, though, is do you think the Republicans will can coalesce? We, they didn't in 2016. They didn't in 2020. Can we do it this time? 
Well, I'm certainly going to fight for it. I hope so. My goodness sakes. I mean, he's ahead by how many points? There's, there's no other option. As you said, the option is binary. You either vote for Trump or you vote for Biden. And if you, and if you, and if you, it's very logical. If you stay home, uh, you vote for. So that's a vote for Biden. It's correct. And I have been telling people this, even people, there are some, like you said, there's some people out there that can't stand President Trump for whatever reason. I tell them to get over it. You have two, you have two selections, either go with Biden, who's ruining our country, or you go with Trump. I agree with you. Representative Debbie Lasko from the great 8th Congressional District. Where is the 8th District? Where, where's home for you? It's Phoenix, it's Phoenix in the suburbs of Phoenix. Okay. In Arizona, and it's beautiful today. Sunny, seventy some degrees. It's awesome here. Yeah, that 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 sounds wonderful. You can get yourself geared up for when it's one hundred thirteen later in the year. <laughs> then then I'll go in the air conditioning. There, and that's why we have. <laughs> yeah, but now, then you're despoiling the planet. Don't you understand? You need to. You can't do that. <laughs> Debbie Lasko. Yeah, yeah, according to Biden, yes. Yeah, you I agree can't, with you. Thank you, can't, you so and, much. And, and, and put down and put down that hamburger because the cow farted. You can't you can't be doing that either. This is who this is the choice. We're we're underscoring the choice. Debbie Lasko from from Arizona. Thanks for being part of the program. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fellow. Your calls. After the break and into the first segment of the next hour, 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. What I have said here in the first hour in my weekly column, youtellmetexas.com. I, Paul Gleiser, write that every week, invite you to read. Uh, so I say what's on my mind, and then you say what's on yours. Youtellmetexas.com. You don't have to be from Texas. You can be from anywhere. It's Paul Gleiser sending in for Jimmy Fallon here at Fox Across America, 888-788-9910. Glenn in East Texas, you are our leadoff caller. Glenn, welcome. Well, thanks, uh, Paul, for having me on. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and also glad that, uh, you know, you started out your segment with the uh, uniting uh, with uh, President Trump and uh, everybody needs to come together. Paul, that, that's just the way it is now. Well, the alternative is unthinkable. I mean, I, I have, we've all endured, uh, we who on the right, we Republicans, we have all endured Democrat presidencies. We've gotten through them, you know, right. and t- taken all around. I, I listened, uh, as I was saying uh, to uh, producer Mike Advensky before the show started, <clears throat> uh, Bill Clinton looks positively Churchillian compared to what we have now. So this, it's scary how far we've came from that. Yes. This is this is horrifying. This is not anything resembling the Democrats that my never voted for a Republican in his life grandfather voted for. He wouldn't right. recognize what Joe Biden is doing. The Democrat. That's, that's right. So this has got to get stopped and. Th- so if it's going to be Donald Trump is the nominee, which clearly it is, it's going to be. And 
I don't know what Nikki Haley's game is. I don't know if she's delusional. I don't know if she's running a strategy. I don't really. I'm. I can't get inside her head. Wouldn't try. But it's she's over. She's Cheney in herself is what she is. Doing. Well, if she's not careful, she will. You know, and honestly, I have a lot of respect for Nikki Haley. She's not. She was not my first choice when all of this started. But you know, correct. Uh, but. You know, I still have a lot of respect for her. She was a very successful governor in South Carolina. I think she represented the United States very well under Donald Trump at the United Nations, uh, which is a, a morally bankrupt institution, but that's another talk show. I, I have a lot of respect for her, but it's time for her to throw in the towel. And probably you got to believe that Wednesday morning of next week she yeah. will because After Trump's— After Super Tuesday, it's, it's over. Yeah. I think Trump's going to run the table. I think he's going to take all 15 contests next week. No, no doubt. No w- doubt, Paul. I, I, can't look, I can't look at the data in any of the 15 states that are in play and say otherwise. So if that, you know, if that happens, then it's time for us to say, okay, he's our man. He's the quarterback. Uh, he's running the plays. Let's block for him. Let's tackle for him. Uh, and let's be sure that we run our routes. He's the guy. Yes. Yeah. And and my my other thing that I wanted to say was I, you know, four years ago when Biden, you know, become the president, I'm like, you know, those Democratic states and cities, it's going to have to get a lot worse than what it what it what it is at that time. Four years, three and a half years ago, it's actually worse than I thought it would be at this point. Actually, worse. Yeah, and the thing is, the people that 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 can have left, leaving the people who are totally leaving a a disproportionately high number of people who are completely dependent on Democrat policies in order to survive there to vote. So I don't know. I don't know how you fix it. I know that that the the counties on our southern border here in Texas that were reliably blue have gone purple and are moving toward red because they're living with the consequences of a far-left radical Democrat party that is not the same Democratic party that elected uh, Jimmy Carter, that elected uh, Bill Clinton. I actually worked I hey, actually worked down there uh, close to the one time. I understand that. Glenn, I've got, to, I've got to cut you off. I'm up against a hard break here, but appreciate the call. More of your calls, 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser for Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. Wow, how did hour one go by so quickly, leading us into hour two here of Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy. Jimmy is uh, uh, on his way or in uh, Idaho for a gig tonight, but it's you and me at 888-788-9910. Keeping the ship in the center of the channel, keeping the show on the air, keeping your thoughts out there, making us all smarter in the process. 888-788-9910. That's not a high bar here. 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. Antonio, Long Beach, California. There in the People's Republic of California. You're next here on Fox Across America. Yes, sir. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yes, sir. Thank you, Paul, for having me on. Yes, sir. Good. All good. What's on your mind, Antonio? Yeah, I was calling. I'm saying um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm out here in California, man, and uh you know, that's a big Democratic state, but, you know, uh, some of us, a lot of us out here, we love Trump. Um, and I support Trump 100 uh, percent. And I, I suggest that the Republican Party 
get behind Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump is the hottest thing going right now in America, whether we want to believe it or not. And after all his legal affairs and all this, all it did was put the man over over the top. You know, well, the Democrat. I'm 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 by paper, I'm a Democrat, but I voted for Trump 2016 simply because I had just got off of work, and I heard a man on TV say, "I'm a I'm a put up a wall," and I said. That's who I'm voting for. And Joe Biden right now, he went to go visit the border for the second time since he's been a president. But everything he's doing, he's drawing smoke up the Americans, you know. Yeah, back, yeah, back there. I understand blowing smoke back there where, where smoke gets blown. Yeah, I know that's right. exactly what he's doing. So, Antonio, you know, are, are you a lifelong Democrat? Have you been voting Democrat all your life? I have, I have uh, until until Donald Trump started running. What? What was that's interesting. What was it about Donald Trump? Well, uh, he's a businessman, and uh, he wasn't a politician. So he went in there to, like myself, you know, uh, not knowing too much of anything about what you know he. First, he, he said he's going to put the wall up. That's what really got me. Well, listen, where, where in, so you're in Long Beach. You're down in, in, in Southern California. I, I was in Los Angeles not that long ago. Oh, uh, yeah? It's a hellscape. I, it's, it's, it is astonishing to me what's happened to Los Angeles. Yes. It's astonishing yes. to me what's happened to California. California, I would argue, is the most beautiful state in the United States. It's one of the most beautiful spots on earth. There's every reason in the world that you should want to live in California. I wouldn't last a week in the the way it is now. And what I don't understand is it gets worse and worse and worse, yet all of your fellow Cali- – I say all – a majority of your fellow Californians keep voting for idiots like Gavin Newsom. Man, you took the words right out of my mouth. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say we, we worried about – the presidency, but we, we need to be worried about these different parties because if we as a people and we keep putting these same people back in office, then it defeats the purpose. Well, yeah, you're going to get more of what you got. And I don't, exactly. I don't, I don't understand why Californians watch their lives get worse and worse by the year and keep voting for the same idiots that are making their lives so bad. Hey, Antonio, good stuff, and good luck to you there in California. Robert, Pocatala, Idaho, where Jimmy Fallon, close to where Jimmy Fallon is right now. What's on your mind, Robert? Um, I just um, sit here listening to all you guys. I appreciate you letting me on, Paul. Um, the border and everything... Um, it's a hmm, my train of thought. Pull yourself so together. One of the Pull. things I, I did want to say is like since Biden has come in, there's been whoever's running it. I don't believe it's him, but they've had an agenda. It's like they got a book and they just keep you know turning the pages and and just keep going and stuff. And and every time you catch them doing something, they just you know point fingers at everybody else. And I mean. I see more and more um, 
you know, uh, Bavians here. I mean, I'm in Idaho in Pocatello, and I see them on the corners, you know, and um, where it used to be people panhandling. Now they're just um, uh, it's, it's it's all getting different. I mean, I went to the mailbox the other day, and then there's a band, you know, real slow and. I told my grandson, go to the house. <laughs> you know, it's just getting um, crazy. And I mean, like Biden, like, I don't know if you've seen when he was down there at the border um, and those, the, the officers are following him. It was like they were waiting for him to fall the way they were watching him and he was shuffling, you know. You should take a look at that. It just, um, and I don't think that he's going to make it. I think what they're going to do, in my opinion, is I think Kamala's going to run. They're going to run her, and they're going to bring Newsom in as vice president. That's my opinion. I, just, I can't I can't see that happening, Robert. I just can't see. You don't it. think so? No, I can't see. I can't see Gavin Newsom would be willing to sit second chair behind uh, Kamala Harris. Um, well, and I think I think the Democrats. Me. I think the Democrats. <laughs> I think the Democrats know that if they run Kamala Harris, they'll get. They'll get crushed. Uh, they're stuck yeah, with Kamala Harris. Talk. I don't. I don't know what they're going to do about her. They're stuck with her. She is. She is cosmically industrial grade stupid. She. I mean, she is yeah. really, really, really dumb. Um, and she says incredibly dumb things. And she is even less popular than her boss. Uh, and I think the Democratic Party has incredible buyer's remorse about her. Yet they're stuck with her. And I don't. That's why I keep getting back to people saying, well, Joe Biden isn't going to be the nominee. Jimmy Jimmy and I talk about this. Jimmy thinks, yeah. Biden, Jimmy thinks Biden doesn't make it to the convention as the nominee. With each passing right. day, I think he does. Because otherwise, what are you going to do? You got the, how, yeah. are you going, how are you going to get around Kamala Harris and not completely alienate the, 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 the black voter base, which is incredibly important to your party? How are you going to pass over a black wo- a black person and a woman, two of the two of the identity politics uh, tick boxes that you have to tick? How are you going to do that? I don't see how they do it. Yeah, that's why I was thinking, Newsom. They need somebody who can talk. That guy can talk. And he his can way talk. Out of anything. He can. He can <laughs> talk. Absolutely, he can talk. Uh, what what comes out of his mouth is is lunacy. Why? But but he can actually talk. Hey, Robert. Good stuff. Eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. Back to Texas. Tommy in Henderson, Texas. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, Paul. I'm so glad to hear that your enthusiasm for Trump is at all time high. I'm a Trump supporter, and I've I've never wavered on my enthusiasm and support for Trump. And it's nice to hear that you're really getting behind Trump because about four four months ago, you your enthusiasm was not as high. No, no, was see. This is what you got. I mean, it's it, it's nuanced, and so if you, it's kind of like trying to explain a joke, but it's it is nuanced. All I was saying four four months ago when you heard me was of uh, that um, we need to be mindful of the concerns that surround him. Because there are some. I mean, they're, they're, it's undeniable. And the, my, my biggest, I might say biggest, probably my only real criticism of Donald Trump is when he engages in gratuitous, uh, nasty personal attacks, name-calling that doesn't advance the ball, but it alienates moderates and independents that you're going to need in order to win. That's my only real gripe with him. And, and, that's, and that's your opinion, but uh, a lot of us, uh, Trump supporters, we see that when he, he's fighting for us, 
you know, by getting out there and, and saying the things that, that other people can't say. He gets out there. I'm, all, I'm all for that. Always been right. all for that. Yeah, but, and we know all these charges are just made-up charges. Now, let's say, let's say Trump actually did something wrong. Would anybody believe it? Because right now we're just thinking that the, the Democrats are just throwing anything up against the wall, and so we're not believing them. But I'd like to say something about Nikki Haley and Ronda Santos. You know, I think they've damaged their presidential political careers. I think if they won, they would have gotten behind Trump with the same enthusiasm as everybody has now. If they would have got behind Trump from day one and not run against him in the primaries and all that kind of stuff, and RNC got behind Trump, then Nikki Haley and Ron in the future could already be measuring the curtains in the White House and what they want to do when they get there after Trump's finished. Listen, I I'm think s- they've ruined their career. Ron, Ron DeSantis was uh, here in East Texas. I went to a private event, a, a private lunch event. Um, gosh, I lose track of time. It's months ago. Uh, I'm very impressed with Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis was the only real bright spot on the map in 2022 when we were supposed to have a red wave, a red wave that never materialized. He had one in Florida. Ron DeSantis has done something that is critically important for the the Republican Party. He took Florida out of swing state status and made it solidly red. His victory in in his re-election bid... He went from winning by 50-odd thousand votes to winning by a million and a half votes. So I'm real impressed with Ron DeSantis, and I think he has a future in the party. It what This was not his year. He, uh, he, he put on a campaign. He tried his best. It never caught fire. He lost support every month he was in the race. Every month he was, his support was lower than it was the month before. For whatever reason, he just never caught fire. I still think he has a really bright future. Right now, the nominee is going to be Donald Trump. And we better get on board with that because the alternative is we reelect Joe Biden or if something bizarre happens, somebody that gets put in place of Joe Biden that will be equally as radical and equally as crazy and equally as unhinged on the far, far left edge of crazy. Hey, Tommy, I appreciate your call. Got to take a break. 888 888- 788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser sending in for Jimmy Fela, 888-788-9910. We're joined by Tom Carter, American's Conservative Values President. Tom, welcome. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me. Hey, listen, in the, in the United States of Joe Biden, of the, of the left-wing Democratic Party, of big tech, of all the things that are going on, we have fallen into the upside down. I want to talk to you about something that we learned about this week, and that is the, the Google's AI thing called Gemini. And you have some expertise on this. Tell us about this crazy. Well, I, I, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't call myself a, a, an engineer or anything like that, Paul. But but we certainly have known that Google for a long time um, has you know in its corporate offices on its board has pushing the progressive policies. And you know even back to 2016 when you did searches for Donald Trump, um, you were getting negative articles, as opposed to when you did searches for Hillary Clinton, you were getting all the positives on her. And to find a negative article about her was very difficult. So Google has a long history of pushing the progressive agenda. Now, their new AI, Gemini, of course, um, it looks as if they have programmed in where white people do no longer exist. And, um, you know, <laughs> if you were to if you were to bring up, uh, ask it about a Nazi soldier, it brought up people of color, of, of, of Eastern Asian or African descent, uh, and things like that. So Google's been pushing these progressive agendas a long time, and this AI, um, th- what, what they've done in the AI world does not surprise us one bit well listen how does that how do we get around this it's bad for the republic and if you can't if you're looking if you're you're truly a well-motivated person and you want to be informed and you want to you want to cast a an informed smart vote or you want to engage in an informed intelligent discussion and you want to get the facts how do you get around the google left-wing fence yeah, and it's not just Google, right? I mean, um, yeah. Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram, it's difficult. Um, shadow banning and things like that that happened there, where progress or where um, conservative voices um, are, are squelched, you know. And so, what our fund does is we do not give capital to those companies that are against. Uh, conservative values. We actually boycott them in our portfolio. And so that's one way to do it is with your investments. Invest in companies that share your values, not in companies that don't. Um, You can also, you know, you can vote with your dollar. You can buy products and services uh, that are more conservative in nature, but you can also invest that way. And so there's ways to not give your hard-earned dollar to people that don't share your values, and we're just one option uh, from an investment perspective. Tom Carter with American Conservative Values ETF is with us. Listen, you say that, you know, I like I like National. I used to like National Geographic, but I got mad at Disney, and I come to find out that National Geographic is now a Disney brand. I mean, you look up, and things that you thought were you know just good solid American companies turn out to be part of uh, of a corporation that does not share your values. Well, you're exactly right, and you bring up Disney. Um, you know, we pull our shareholders and, and, and our constituents from time to time, and it's interesting. Disney is the most disliked company among conservative investors. And like like you said, you know, they're now um, partnered with National Geographic on Disney+. Plus. Certainly they, know, they own ABC and ESPN. Um, I'm a huge sports fan. You know I, I, you know, I watch Scott Van Pelt, but I feel bad about it because it's a Disney product. Um, and, and so those things are difficult, but you you know you can withhold your dollars from those folks um, either through investing or, or through shopping and 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 we're just an option for conservatives to do that and uh, but I agree with you you know a lot of people didn't know AT&T owned CNN for a long time now they've divested in CNN but for a long time AT&T owned CNN and no, and very few people knew that you understand that you know you, you really you you look at, at brands that used to be independent standalone brands and a whole lot of the business i saw this chart this is very interesting i wish i had it in front of me where it basically showed that nearly everything you buy can be traced to one of five corporations in the country 
We have consolidated ownership to such a degree that there are no standalone in- independent brands that you can l- look at the management and say that's somebody I trust and want and want to invest in. You know, I had to give up shaving with Gillette razors because I got mad at them. However many years ago it was when they put out that toxic masculinity ad. Exactly, and, and look at and take Target for example, right? I mean, I, I mean, millions uh-huh. of people shopped at Target for a long time, and it was a, it, it's a neighborhood store. I mean, my family shopped there. Pretty um, good at what and, they do, by the way. Pretty good at being a retailer. Pretty good at being a retailer, but then they come out with the trans ideology, and they're trying to push that on kids, and um, and they're trying to you know trying to push that in their clothing and and the swimsuits and whatnot. And so at that point, we you know we banned Target, and um, and and frankly, my family's moved to other retailers, unfortunately, to, to get our goods. Even though Target, like you said, is very good at what they do, but they need to just stay in their lane and provide that retail service to to their customers. Michael Jordan is the one who said it. You know. Republicans buy tennis shoes too. It just it, they buy. I wish I wish more companies look at it that way. And I got twenty seconds left, Tom. Where do people find out more about you? Investconservative.com, and you can find us there, or look up the ticker ACVF American Conservative Values Fund. So, one more time, American Conservative Values Fund ACVF is our ticker. More of the shows coming up here on Fox Across America. Don't go away. Halfway there, we're in the middle of the second hour of Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon today. Jimmy will be back on Monday. He's in Idaho playing a gig tonight. Right now, we're playing Madison Jesse Otto Gilbert from the Republican National Committee, National Spokesman. Uh, Madison, welcome. Good to be with you. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. So the Republican, anything going on in your shop this week there, Madison? Any, any news breaking where you are? You know, what's not breaking anymore? What's not going on? We're one step closer to November. It's always something. Uh, but obviously, we've been watching closely the dueling border visits yesterday by President Trump and President Biden. And I really can't emphasize what a difference it was for anybody out there who didn't see it. Yeah, listen, I hope you, it was interesting to watch last night, uh, if you caught it, um, Hannity on the Fox News Channel, because he did his show from the border with uh, with our governor. I'm I'm coming to you. You don't know this. I'm I'm filling in for Jimmy today, but I'm sitting here in Texas and um, our governor Greg Abbott was on with uh, with uh, 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 Sean Hannity last night, and talking about just exactly what it's really like in the real world versus the fairy castle world of the Democrats with respect to illegal immigration. This is it is phenomenal. It is beyond belief to me that any major political party in the United States, Republican or Democrat. Uh, could be as wrong on this subject as the Democrats are on immigration. It is, I never thought we would ever get to this place. No, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, what we're seeing, and I think what's been most incredible most recently is to see them shifting and starting to realize, oh, crap, we better start to try to look like we are doing something about this. But the reality is, and what I try to pound into people's heads over and over again is, they created this problem, and Biden specifically coming into office and immediately 
making decisions through executive action that opened the border and caused so much of this. Of course, we had a broken immigration system many, many years before Biden came around, many, many years before President Trump came around. But President Trump, of course, comes in. He addresses immediately the main issue. We have to secure the border before we can do anything else. As an attorney, I very much appreciate the fact that we have to start addressing that court backlog. Many people don't realize that even with securing the border, we have an extreme problem with the court backlog. So President Trump comes in. He secures the border. We're very close to having that done. Biden comes in. He immediately halts construction of that border wall. He auctions off the material that we already bought and paid for with our taxpayer dollars for three cents on the dollar. And that's really just the the tip of the iceberg. They ended Remain in Mexico. They ended the national declaration, uh, the emergency declaration at the border. They made it easier for illegal immigrants to receive benefits. They severely limited deportations. They tied the hands of ICE officers. They broadcasted, of course, worldwide the limitations on deportation. Uh, they reestablished catch and release. You know, we could go on and on and on about how they directly created this problem. And now they want to pretend, nope, wasn't us. Look at President Trump. It was him. And that's not the reality. And I think people know that. Madison, uh, Madison Gilbert, Republican National Committee, National Spokesman. You know, Madison, it wasn't that long ago the Democrats weren't completely crazy on immigration. Here is President Bill Clinton in 1995. Our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. How did we go from that to this? Yeah, I'm asking the same question you are. It sounds like a Republican when you listen to that. Listen to even a Barack Obama running for president in 2008 or when he was in the Senate talking about needing to secure the border. This is not a Republican or Democrat issue historically. Everybody up until very recently believed that we are a nation of laws and we have to follow them, right? People wanted to see our border secured so that good families, good immigrants, good people who want to come here, like my family did, to chase the American dream, to live a better life in the United States of America, can have that opportunity to do so. But what has occurred, I mean, is just absolutely unprecedented, absolutely unsustainable. More than 9 million illegal immigrants have crossed the border under the Biden administration. That's 5,000 people a day just being released into the United States. 27 tons of fentanyl crossed the border. And what's very interesting about that statistic, which I talk about all the time, is that's just what they have seized. That's enough to kill over 12 billion people. And they're saying that's about 5 to 10 percent of what they think actually gets over that they don't know about. So it's not just about who's coming, but we're talking about a major drug crisis after we finally were taking steps to hopefully reverse things. I'm I'm sitting in Ohio, where I'm from, and we've been dealing for decades, one of those top states in many instances, with the drug crisis, with the opioid epidemic. And now we're seeing across the country as these drugs continue to flow over the border, continue to pour into communities, communities ravaged, lives lost. So this is an issue on so many fronts. Crime, of course, being another front that we're seeing, uh, you know, with that young girl in Georgia losing her life and so many others, as, as well as, you know, rapes and thefts and violent attacks on police officers, you name it, it's happening. And we already have enough crime problems in this country. We don't need preventable crime through illegal immigration. 
You may know the answer to this, Madison. Did, am I wrong? Did Senator Joe Biden vote to fund a border wall? Did that happen? You know, I, th- I think he did back in the day. Yeah, um, I think he did. That's, that's one of the few. That's one of the few things that he did right, even back then. So <laughs> let's not give him too much credit where credit isn't due. M- Madison Gilbert, Republican National Committee national spokesperson. Let me th- let me th- let me throw one at you here. Here's my. I've been a. Re- I've voted Republican my entire life. I've ne- I've, I've. I'm a lifelong Republican. I was Republican when it wasn't cool. My first thing, first political event I remember, to show you how old I am, my mother uh, took me to uh, to an event for Barry Goldwater. So I'm, I was raised in a Republican household. But here's my fear about Republicans, Madison. The Democrats are great at circling the wagons. The Republicans are great at circling the fire squad, firing squad. Yeah, you're not lying. So one of the biggest things that I've been talking about since last year uh, that Chairwoman McDaniel was talking about is we need unity in the party to win. You look back to 2022, we had a lot of losses. There was areas where we didn't win those independents. We didn't win Democrat votes and Democrat votes that could have been winnable to us because they are disenfranchised with the Democratic Party. They do feel like the party's left them. They do agree with the statements like you played on the show today from people like Clinton in the 90s, but they don't agree with the Bernie Sanders party. They don't agree with what Joe Biden has done. So these are very winnable votes for Republicans. But when a lot of people who are on the fence about coming over to the Republican Party look and they see any chaos or dysfunction or disunity, I think they can be turned off. And so I think as Republicans, we have to do better than what the Democrats do when it comes to fighting behind closed doors, but coming out united and getting the job done, getting across the finish line. We don't have to agree on 100 percent of things, but we cannot let perfection become the enemy of good within the Republican Party. We have to work together where we agree and agree to disagree on the other areas or the other issues. But I know for a fact that so many of us across this country agree when it comes to the economy, agree that something needs to be done when it comes to the border or it comes to the crime crisis that we're seeing in cities and communities across the nation. So we have to come together and we have to do a better job of getting the job done, of getting good Republicans, getting good conservatives in office so that we can start to address these issues. And we always will have disagreements. You know, we're all going to, we disagree with our own husbands and, and wives and friends and parents. Well, that happens, and that's okay. that, that happens in my house, I got to tell you. That, I can absolutely <laughs> day, attest right? to you. You got that right. right. So here, here's what I think happens Tuesday. I think Donald Trump runs the table. What do you say? You know, it's looking like the voters have spoken very loudly on who they want to be the nominee. Uh, moving forward, I just don't see a mathematical path for Nikki Haley. We'll see what happens. But uh, at this point, it's looking like, you know, people have spoken. And as a party, we put on that fair and transparent primary process, unlike the Democrats. And I think that's a very good thing for us as Republicans. Uh, but, you know, now we're just one step closer to beating Joe Biden in November. And, of course, on top of that, we have to win back the Senate. We have to expand the majority in the House. So there's a lot of things that we have to focus on, and we're getting closer and closer. It's going to be here in a blink of an eye. So the work didn't just start today, and the work doesn't just start tomorrow. The work has been going on since 2022 uh, in order for us to see greater results this year. Well, 2022 was a severe disappointment. We all expected a red wave, and it didn't materialize. I have my theory on it. I think the Roe v. Wade decision coming when it did is what cost 2022. What say you? You know, I think there's there's quite a bit that comes into it. It's not just one thing. However, I was the Republican nominee in Ohio's 13th congressional district. So I have that firsthand knowledge, that firsthand experience of having very different expectations for that year. Um, this was one of the targeted top House races in the country. And we obviously did not come out victorious. I think Roe v. Wade did play a part, not only in my race, but in races across the country. But on top of that, I think there were many other issues that we saw. And some of it's messaging. I think some of it's we have to make sure that we're not only have we have the perfect message, right? But if you don't connect that message, we're 
where the voters are, you will not win. Um, and then I think we catastrophically got slaughtered when it came to early voting compared to the Democrats. We have to break the stigma in the Republican Party that we don't vote early. It's a money game. And what people don't realize is if you as a Republican and you're a solid Republican, you wait until that last day to vote. That's a huge amount of resources that we could have then used if you voted earlier to target independents, to target lower propensity voters. I don't like early voting myself. I wouldn't have things be the way they are if it were up to me. I hope that in the states we can change it moving forward. But the reality is until we do, right now it's election season. There is ballot harvesting legal in some states. We have to be playing that same game or we will not win. So yes, Roe v. Wade, yes, we have to talk about messaging, connecting with voters, connecting with younger voters in places like digital, social media, but also I think a huge part of our victory this year can and will be the early vote. Republicans have to get out and commit to voting early. They can visit bankyourvote.com, uh, sign up to vote early, use it as a resource to know when and how you can vote in your prospective state uh, and encourage others to do the same. Because the reality is the laws aren't changing before November, even Repu if we want them to. Republican National Committee National Spokesperson Madison uh, Gilbert with us. So here's here's a thing that has been expressed to me when I have uh, do a local talk show or I'm filling in for Jimmy here on the, on the national talk show. This is a concern, and I have this concern. Have we learned anything from 2020 with respect to voting integrity, and are we better prepared to defend ourselves against some of the shenanigans that happened on election night 2020 so that we don't wind up with a cloud hanging over the election like we have now? Because 40% of the, of, the, of the electorate believing that the election wasn't on the up and up, whether they're right or wrong, is unhealthy for the republic. Absolutely. I mean, I think we would be idiots to not learn something from 2020. But have uh, we? But have we? Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, from a party perspective, absolutely. So what the party did, and I wasn't with the party at the time, but they immediately started listening to the concerns that people like myself and others across the country had about how we move forward. So they opened the Election Integrity Department, which is now targeting not only the whole country, but specifically a lot of those swing states where there were issues, where people were very concerned. And there's now staff in, I think, 15 states across the country. They're staffing up with election integrity directors. Of course, there's lawsuits going on, dozens and dozens of lawsuits that they've been engaged to it uh, in the legal department on that front that are going to be critically important. Some big wins coming out of different states like New York and others. Uh, they're continuing to work towards making sure that the vote is protected because you can vote early, you can bank your vote, you can get out and vote, but if you don't have your vote protected, that vote won't matter. And so we want to make sure that everyone's vote's protected and that everything's being done to avoid any issues or to not let the Democrats play games with the election laws that they shouldn't be playing that are unconstitutional like we've seen in places like New York. I think the Trump campaign got flat, uh, caught flat-footed by the, um, the things that were put in place in response to COVID that enabled some shenanigans on election night that should never have happened. That's what I think. There was definitely a lot of things going on that happened legally right underneath people's feet uh, across the country. And so that's another thing I think that people learned a lesson um, as they're out there. And they did come out of 2020. I talked to a lot of voters across the country, people who are very invested in the party that felt very shocked by what happened. But then they started to look and learn about what was really going on on the state level. And I think you're seeing more people get involved in state and local politics as a result of that, because that's where a lot of these changes happen. It's not happening necessarily in Congress or on the national news. It's happening right under your feet in your own state in your own community. Madison, in, the, in about the 30 seconds we have left, your, your prediction, uh, do you have any thought in your head that Joe Biden won't be the nominee for the Dems? 
anything can happen. I definitely wouldn't rule it out. But as of right now, it's looking like they're moving forward with Joe Biden. Uh, I don't think it matters whether it were him, Michelle Obama, Gavin Newsom, any of them. I think they're on the wrong side of the policies. And as long as we connect that message with voters, I think we'll win in November. Because people want a strong economy. They want a secure border. They want things to turn around. The majority of people in this country think the country's on the wrong track. Republicans can fix it. Democrats will give you more of the same. Listen, I led off the show by admitting that I had some concerns about Donald Trump going uh, into this cycle, given the the baggage he's carrying around behind him, given the legal issues, given the fact that I think he sometimes shoots himself in the foot verbally. All of that said, today I led off the show. He is going to be the nominee. We, as Republicans, have to get behind him or we risk four more years of a catastrophically bad presidency. Madison, I appreciate you being a part of the program. Thank you so much for having me. Talk soon. There goes Madison Gilbert, Republican National Committee National Spokesperson. Spokesperson. Here we go. More of the show coming up after the break. Stay with us. Taking the edge off, one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Fox Across America Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. Paul in Vermont, you've been patient. You're up next on Fox Across America. Take it away. Paul is gone. And I was so looking forward to having a fellow Paul. Marshall, American Falls, Idaho. You're next on Fox Across America. Hello. Um, the Republican parties, if everybody's thinking the Republican parties is going to throw a nice little tea party for for Donald Trump, they're all smoking dope. They're not going to. They don't like him because he's not one of them. You have to remember he's a businessman. He's not a politician. And George Washington warned us of this on his on his uh, last speak a speech that he gave to America before he retired from politics and went back. He said, "Beware of party politics. What we have is party politics. Yep. Nobody cares who wins, and that's the problem. Is nobody wants to win. Nobody wants to do something for us. We are the bosses. We tell them what to do, but what they're doing is." They're saying, we don't care what you want. We're going to do what we want. And well, so well, let, Donald, let, me, Donald, let, me, let me jump in here because I know I, I, you, you've raised a good thing, and I want to throw a little thought at you. You've raised a, raised a good point, Marshall. Yes, the, we have party politics, and that's not what the founders envisioned, but that's where, where it wound up. But something important is happening, and we're in the middle of a transition that's not yet complete, and that's why we have all this tension. The Republican Party for decades was the elite, fat cat, corporate, cigar-smoking guys party. It was the party of the, of the wealthy and the elite and the, and the corporate titans, and the Democratic Party was the working man's party. And that is in the process of being turned on its head. The Democratic Party is becoming the party of the very, very wealthy, the elite, the 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 creme de la creme in society, the 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 the, the very very top, and it is a, an amalgam of people at the very very bottom with nobody in between. And the working man's party is in the process of becoming the Republican Party. And that transition is not complete. It started before Donald Trump. Donald Trump has hastened it. But you've got a bunch of people in the Republican Party that are slow to see it, and they're slow to let go of what have been decades-long norms. And maybe this election, maybe this time, 
the 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 moving toward that that uh, that transition. Maybe it moves far enough to where we get a uh, a, a more desirable result. I've got to jump off here because I'm up against the top of the hour hard break. But you raised a good point, Marshall Paul Gleiser, sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Fox across America, Mo. The show's coming up. Stay with us. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Big Hour 3 of Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here. On your Friday, we have uh, uh, Taylor Riggs, uh, co-host of the Big Money Show on the Fox Business Network, coming up at the bottom of the hour. But right now, we have you at 888-788-9910. We've been talking all show about about the fact that... um, Tuesday's going to seal the deal. Super Tuesday, I think Donald Trump runs the table. And if he's not the de facto nominee now, which I think he is, he certainly will be when we wake up Wednesday morning. So the, if we're going to avoid a second Donald, a second Joe Biden term, we got to get behind the Donald. We've been talking about that all show, 888-788-9910. Dylan Charlotte, Michigan, you're next on Fox Across America. What do you say? Well, I say that I appreciate most of the things that you're saying, but I think you're not giving the full information to the American public. You keep saying that there's only two choices, and there's actually three choices. RFK Jr. is a choice. I was a Trump. do like RFK Jr. Uh, he's more of a libertarian than he would be considered a Democrat, although he was in the he's Democratic pretty liberal. Party. He's a pretty liberal guy. He's a pretty liberal guy. You got- not if you really, not if you really dig down into it, because he talks about fiscal responsibility. He's for the Second Amendment. He believes the borders should be shut down. That's not liberal. Uh, listen, That's if you go, if you go back and read before he decided he was going to run, before he decided to get into this, uh, and, and he shifted kind of where he was, and and is you know has moderated his leftiness. He's a pretty leftist, you know, guy. He's not crazy. And that's what makes him look like he's not a liberal, because the Democratic Party's gone crazy. And the, and what's different about RFK Jr. is he's not crazy, and that no, makes and him look been, makes him look like a sane, you know, reasonable, moderate guy. Yeah, and, and he's also explained why he switched positions, like on the border. He went down and did a tour down there. He didn't he didn't just flip flop. He gave reasons which most politicians do not give. He gave a reason why he changed that stance. And he has said time and time again, we all grow over life. And, and I agree with that. We, we, we all learn things day to day. Some, I just, well, I we say like we all grow. Some, some, we say we all grow. Some of us evolve. A lot of people, a lot of people devolve, and that would be the Democratic Party has devolved over time. I agree with time. that. And, I, and that's why I love what he's saying. He left the Democratic Party because he said we need to be independent. We need to go back to what our founding fathers said, which was what your last caller was talking about. It's not supposed to be about party politics. And he breaks that mold, and he gives us a chance to get back on the right track. So there's three candidates. Not only that, but he leads in all the polls in the battleground states with independence versus Trump and Biden. So, yes, there's a possibility there. Yeah, it's it's not a great one. He's not going to be the president of the United States. And my fear about an RFK candidacy is that he – I can't really discern who he peels off votes from. But if he peels them from, from Donald Trump, he enables the election, the re-election of Joe Biden. 
I think he peels more from the Democratic side because well, from your mouth, you know, from your mouth, your mouth to God's ears. I hope that's true because uh, I don't well, want. He does pull people like me because of the because of the five reasons you stated that you you just just didn't like the Donald Trump. And those issues we don't need those issues back, and he's either got to learn to zip it when it's when it's not appropriate. Or, or it's, we're going to have more of the same, which means you scare away those never Trumpers. Okay, so you I get. Come up with something. You, you got to come up with something else. You know, to, to keep from getting Biden. This is a good choice. Dylan, I love you, man, and I'm glad you called. But it's not going to be RFK has zero point zero percent chance of becoming the president of the United States. It's going to be either Donald Trump or Joe Biden. And that. I'm, I'll take. I got. I, I hit the ATM yesterday. I got about four hundred bucks on me, and I'll put that up on the middle of the table and bet it with, and be completely confident about it. And I'll give you odds. I just don't see that RFK or any third party or anybody not a Democrat or Republican, because of the way things work, whether you think they should work that way or not, this is the way they work, and it's going to be either Joe Biden or or Donald Trump that wins on November fifth of this year. Uh, and I'm just living in mortal terror of it being Joe Biden. Appreciate your call, Dylan. And, um, you know, you raise a, you raise a good point and you're right. There's another person in the race. There'll be a couple of others on your ballot because there's always, always those hangers on. But the, the real, the real choice is between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Larry Henderson, Texas, you're next on, uh, Fox Across America. What do you say? Hello, Paul. How are you today? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. I just got a couple of quick points. One I want to make is I see on social media a lot because I follow it and I pay attention to, you know, trends and things. But I always hear people on here blaming Joe Biden. When you need to understand and what I know for a fact that Joe Biden is nothing but a figurehead. He's merely a puppet. Barack Hussein Obama is calling all the shots. And when he's made that comment about he wished he could be in his basement in his jogging pants, that's exactly where he is and exactly what he's doing. Now I don't. I'm not looking for any commentary on that. I just wanted to get that fact. Well, out. you know, listen. There's a whole lot of whole lot of Obama holdovers that are in the Joe Biden uh, administration, no question. And somebody has to go to Joe Biden and t- and walk him away from the microwave oven. He's staring at it, waiting for Mr. Ed to come on. I mean, <laughs> you know. But uh, is is there an is there a lot of influence of the Obama administration in the Biden administration? No question. Absolutely true. I, anyway, you were going to make another point. Go the ahead. The main point, the point I made, we were talking about Donald Trump and his personality. Now, I'm not throwing this out there as a blanket statement, but I'm going to say this is things that I've seen growing up. I'm a 62-year-old male, and I've seen rich children being raised by, you know, in a rich uh, environment. And they're usually the type, not all of them, they're usually the types that are ready for controversy, that are ready to be smart, Alex, that are ready to fire back when they're talked bad to, because that's just their environment. And I think that Donald Trump has not ever grown out of that. I believe with all my heart that he's a good man, but he just can't control that part of it. And I'm like you and everybody else. If he would just tune that down just a little bit, not all the way, because I don't believe he can. Because he was raised that way, I believe. And, and again, I digress. I've seen that in my own personal life. People like that. Now, that's what I see with Donald Trump. Well, let me you know, tell you what. Uh, let me tell you what. Uh, my analysis of Donald Trump and his um, his verbal excesses and the things about him that sometimes make you cringe. I'm when 
go back to 2016, the New Hampshire primary. If you come here where I am right now, KTBB Radio in Tyler, Texas, uh, in our in our offices, in our conference room, there's a montage of of, of images that I shot. Uh, throughout the 2016 campaign, one of the earliest ones sits right in the middle. There was a, a picture that I saw in New Hampshire at a polling place of a Donald Trump campaign yard sign and a Hillary Clinton campaign yard sign sitting right next to each other. And I said to myself, that's going to be the ticket. That's the contest. I saw you know, Cruz was still in it. The Donald Trump was by no means assured of the nomination that early in 2016. But I called it. I was right. And I got on board with Donald Trump early because I said this of all of the 17 candidates in 2016 that ran on the Republican side, one of the best vaudeyers that the uh, Republican Party has ever put up, it included Rick Perry from Texas, had a good group of very, very smart people on that stage uh, at, the, at the beginning of the debate. In the, in the Republican cycle in 2016, I said to myself, Donald Trump is the only one up there that can beat Hillary Clinton. And the reason he could beat Hillary Clinton is because of the, of the weight of his, the brashness, the, the, the ability to say things that, that more uh, polished, more, um, more uh, schooled, more focus group driven politicians won't say. At that same event where I took that picture, a, a, a guy at the New Hampshire primary, I was interviewing people as they were exiting the polling places, and I asking everybody, who'd you vote for? The guy says, I vote for Trump. I said, why'd you vote for him? He said, because he says on TV what I yell at the TV. That's how Trump won to begin with, and I was all on board with it. My only problem with Donald Trump is once he won and once he, in, once he put on the suit of the president of the United States, he was in a place where he could take it back a notch and not lose anything. And I wish he had. And I, and I wouldn't have expressed the concerns that I've expressed about him because I've seen it in my own life with my own friends, my own people, the people that I hang out with. I have seen people that would nominally vote for the Republican nominee who, who they're, they're, they're not as conservative as not as conservative conservative uh, as I am, and they're not as you know as as rock ribbed as I am. They're a little bit squishier, and they seem and they say can't vote for him. They lose people those people in the middle, the independents and the moderates that you have to have in order to win, and that's always been my only real concern about Donald Trump. I agree with you one hundred percent. Those are great valid points. But I believe that he can do it. I just don't think it's – I think he, he, his filter, like we like to call it here in East Texas, his filter's broke. He doesn't have one, you know. And, and again, you need that in order to be the president, to be an effective president, to attract moderates and those in the middle. You're going to need to rein that in sometimes. And I'm sure he's been told this. But you make valid points, and I agree. But I believe that he – I think that a lot of times his filter gets uh, clogged up, and, and it shows truly, you know how he how he was growing up, being entitled and being that type. Of, yeah, except in you know he, you know you say he's entitled. He took a he took a million dollars his dad staked him to. Now I wish my dad had staked me to a million dollars, but he, my dad didn't have a million dollars. But a million dollars in 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 the in the in the scope of the Trump empire is nothing, and he built it into something on his own. So he's not like the entitled rich kid of a lot of rich people. He's not. He he's successful in his own right. He 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 took his starting position and advanced it greatly. 
can't help but admire that. And people point out the fact that he said he's filed bankruptcies. Well, I know a lot, every real estate developer, very nearly every real estate developer, has had to bankrupt a project because they don't all work. That's not a knock on him either. That's kind of standard operating procedure if you're a real estate developer. So that he's been very successful in his own right. And I, you know, if you heard the first segment of the show today, a couple of hours ago, um, you heard me saying that as a, as a president, as a chief executive of the United States, he was massively effective. He was incredibly effective. And he was good for business, and he was good for he was good for the middle class, and he was good for minorities that are trying to work their way up the economic ladder. He was good on national security. He was good on energy energy policy, and oh my God, he was so much better on the border. So if it comes to a choice between him and and Joe Biden, it's a no brainer. It you you no brainer. You've got to go with it. Hey, listen, Larry, I appreciate the call. You yeah, have, I enjoyed it. I've had a blessed time talking to you, Paul, and I hope you continue to have a great day today, and God bless America. God bless America. God bless Texas, and have a great weekend. 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Watch Jimmy's new show Saturday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, inviting you, by the way, to follow me in my weekly column, youtellmetexas.com. I say what's on my mind, you say what's on yours. It's a conversation, youtellmetexas.com. Meanwhile, it's a conversation here at 888-788-9910. Christy, Porterville, California, you're up. What's on your mind? Paul, good afternoon. Thanks for taking the call. Yes, ma'am. I'm just wondering um, what happens if the Democrats manage to get Trump in, say, October, if they put him in jail, if they deem him unable to take the office. Well, if they what happens? Okay, well, here's the bit. My, I'm not a lawyer, you know. Thank God, because I don't want to be a lawyer. But um, <laughs> my, my wife is. She doesn't practice, but I'm married to an attorney. That can sometimes be interesting, by the way. Um, but yeah, I, I was going to say something derogatory. I'm glad I didn't. No, well, listen, you know, she'll say something derogatory. She never practiced because she didn't really particularly enjoy the practice of law. But she's, I'm married up. She's a lot smarter than me. I digress. Here's what happens. Um, it, I think it's very doubtful that he gets convicted between now and uh, November 5th. But if it were to happen, immediately you file an appeal, and there's no way in the world that they're going to jail him while it's pending appeal because he's not a flight risk. The government cannot make the case that he does not deserve uh, to be out on his own recognizance while the appeal is pending. Uh, and there is nothing in the Constitution that says that a convicted felon cannot be elected president of the United States. There's no, it does not in any way disqualify him. All of that said, I think it's, I think it's unlikely that, uh, that, that a trial will take place in which Donald Trump is convicted of a felony between now and the election. It becomes increasingly each, unlikely with each passing day and with uh, the things that are now pending before the Supreme Court. The, he's got the, the immunity thing is pending before the Supreme Court. And there's a, there are any number of things that, that, his, that the, his defense can legitimately file that would keep a trial from happening 
prior to the election, although I think Jack Smith, the prosecutor, is going to do everything mm-hmm. he can to get one in because he's not the Jack Smith is not a prosecutor who is seeking justice. He is not a prosecutor no. who is legitimately trying to enforce the law and trying to seek justice and equal application of the law. Jack Smith is a is a political zealot on a mission and he is using his uh, his title as a prosecutor in order to carry out his mission which is to thwart the uh, the legitimately chosen nominee of the Republican party so it, this is this is not the practice of the law, of law the way it's supposed to be and on the same set of facts anybody else on the same set of facts would not be under indictment yeah, you know, if but it that, were, but that's the part that scares me is what they like what they just pulled in New York. None of it is legitimate. No way in the world that that civil uh, judgment stands uh, on appeal. It will. It will not. Now it puts Trump behind the eight ball because he's got to come up with three hundred, four hundred million dollars in cash. Or, or something that's worth three or four hundred million dollars in order to file an appeal bond. Now that would, I got to tell you, even even I would be a, a little bit cramped by having to come up with three hundred fifty million dollars. Okay, <laughs> I'm Darn, just saying. Yes. Listen, Jimmy Fallon himself would have trouble coming up with three hundred fifty million dollars to post a bond. <laughs> so even with Greg's help. <laughs> yeah, even even with Gutfeld's help, it would be hard. Well, Kilmeade could help him, but so it it would. It, the, what what's going on? on with that civil trial is just completely ridiculous the only case that that is that has any i've talked to andy mccarthy a fox news contributor on this the only case that has even a skein of legitimacy to it is the mar-a-lago documents case it, you know maybe there's a viola- violation of law there but the fact is if it were jimmy carter who did that or richard nixon or ronald reagan or george w bush or george h w mm-hmm. bush or or Bill Clinton or Barack Obama, same set of facts. None of them would would be right. under indictment. Wouldn't would not be happening. And that is the fundamental weakness in the case. And I you know I have a hard time seeing a conviction on that. Hey, listen, I got to jump, uh, Sandy, but uh, Christy, but I appreciate it. And I hope you have a great weekend. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, Fox Across America. Taylor Riggs from the Big Money Show on the Fox Business Network is coming up after the break. More of the show. Stick around here on Fox Across America. Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here at 888-788-9910. In the studio in New York, while I'm sitting here in Texas, is Taylor Riggs, co-host of The Big Money Show, 1 o'clock Eastern Time weekdays on the Fox Business Network. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Hey, listen, I'm, you know, I want to talk to you because you do The Big Money Show. You, you talk about the economy. It, it's the economy stupid has been <laughs> the mantra on running political campaigns since, well, at least since James Carville said that back during the Clinton days. But really, people vote their pocketbooks, and they always have. Totally. I mean, this is going to be the pocketbook um, uh, economy and the pocketbook election, I think, is, is what we all feel. I think the, the biggest reason why economy is number one on the ballot for people is because inflation is at a 40-year high, and people feel it. 
They feel it when they go to the grocery store. They feel it when they go to the gas station. So even though prices in some respects have cooled off just a little bit, um, it still doesn't feel good. Prices are still a lot higher than they were back in 2019. Um, and I think that that's why people are going to vote, you know, go to the polls with, with that economic issue very much at, at the top of their mind. Well, I was going to say the economy appears to be, a, it's a little bit bipolar. Because on the one side, I just I just did a little line here on my yellow pad. The Dow's up about 100 points today. It's closing in on 40,000. Yes. NASDAQ hit a record uh, this week. Yes. Corporate earnings are generally pretty good. Yes. Pe- people's 401ks are looking pretty good. Yes. But on the other hand, more people are living paycheck to paycheck than have in a very, very long time. Housing affordability is like a, a, a four-decade low. Uh, I forget where I read the statistic. Grocery prices, food prices are just killer. Mm -hmm. It's shocking what food costs. And people are having trouble making ends meet. Uh, So how do we square this circle? Yeah, so, I mean, the hard data is very different from the soft data. So the hard data is what you're looking at. All of the unemployment numbers come in and they look good. But the soft data is what people feel sentiment-wise. How do people feel on the ground? And those two, I think right now, are some of the biggest differences that we haven't seen in a long time. I would also say that the market is not the economy. So when the stock market goes up, we feel good because our 401ks look good, but the stock market is not the economy. Frankly, that goes both ways because we have presidents. Absolutely it does. Absolutely it does. You know, you have presidents in the past, even President Trump. Trump has said the stock market's so great under me. But if it's different than what people feel for the economy, then you need to be careful using the stock market as a measure of how well you're doing in the presidency. Um, And so I think the markets are going up because the fundamental economy looks good. Unemployment is low. And for the most part, people are adding jobs. But that's what the data is saying. But like you said, very different from how people feel. People still go to the grocery store and grocery prices are higher than they were in 2019. They still go to the gas station. And even though gas prices have come down, guess what? They're still higher than 2019. Credit card debt is the highest that is it's ever been. So you have people, like you said, living paycheck to paycheck, putting all of that money on a credit card debt. That isn't being reflected in the numbers that we're seeing from big government when they're coming out with their statistics on economics. And that's not yet being reflected in the stock market. But that doesn't mean that those feelings of what those people are going through are not very much real and are not very much um, should should not be validated as well. Taylor Riggs, co-host of the Big Money Show on the Fox Business Network. I have my daughter, I forget which gen she is. She's 25. Is that a Gen Zer? Z. She's a Zer. Okay, I'm a Gen Zer. <laughs> She's just starting off in the in the corporate in the corporate world. She Amazing. did a great job. She did a great job in college. She's got a great job. She's doing well, but the money, the price at which they hired her as she mm-hmm. worked for one of them. She's one of a big company. The the salary at which they hired her late in her junior year of college mm-hmm. looked a lot better than it does now that she's out, mm-hmm. given what happened in between. Mm-hmm. And she's making good money, particularly for a kid who's 25 years old, doesn't know anything. She's 
she's making good money, but she's having to watch every penny, and yes. she, she's not living the she's not living the life she thought she was going to get to live as a young professional starting out in the workplace. And she's paying too much for rent, and she can't even right now at this point dream of buying a house. Exactly. So aff- housing affordability is a huge issue. Interest rates are still really high. We got numbers this week. Mortgage rates are still 7%. And guess what? The price, given that there's a supply issue, the cost of those homes aren't coming down. Usually when rates go up, housing prices come down to counteract that. That's not going up. So you can't afford a down payment and you can't afford a 7% mortgage loan. Um, so all of those are big problems. I think to your daughter more specifically as well, and this is what Americans feel every day, real wages are negative. So my nominal wage with inflation is going up. But if you take inflation into account, my real wage is negative because and when inflation is going up, my wages aren't keeping up with that. So that's when we say what people are feeling are what 90, at least 90% of Biden's presidency, real weekly wages have been negative. So you look at that number that you're getting, that salary, it looks good, you feel good, but when the cost of everything else around you is going up, that's when your real wage actually feels negative. And I would argue that maybe that's what sort of your daughter is, is going through. We and where I was going with that is, you know, she is of the nominal age where she should be, you know, her, she and her her peers should be pretty liberal because that's what happens at that age. Yeah. But but Gen Zers are are moving in pretty significant numbers away from Biden and toward Trump. Yeah. So you know, I think usually you've seen in history, to your point, Biden leads with those younger voters by a lot. And that gap is closing. I think the New York Times even this week said they were uh, usually they don't like to follow the horse race of all of these ballots and all of these um, ages, except that every single one of their polls is showing that Biden and Trump are narrowing the gap when it comes to those young voters. Uh, Because I think people like your daughter, people, you know, like me in our 30s trying to form households are unable to do so because like you said it is the economy stupid we we can't do it um and so i think it is a political issue to bring it full circle that's why people are going to the ballot um thinking about the economy and thinking about inflation very much on top of their minds um and i i think it's going to be a big issue i think there's one if i could take a moment to clarify people always talk about how inflation is coming down and i think it's really important to say that inflation no, the, it, is the rate the rate exactly. is coming down but the, the, rate, the actual inflation aren't falling exactly right. so i think that when you hear inflation's coming down it, it makes me so angry because it's not it's like going instead of going 60 miles an hour maybe now we're just going 30 miles an hour but i'm not going in reverse so you're still accelerating. You're just accelerating at a slower rate, and wages, frankly, right now aren't keeping up with that. Well, and, and, and this is the this is a problem. And I know, you know, my wife and I we're fortunate enough to where we can weather inflation. We don't like it. We don't like what it costs us to go out to dinner. We don't like what it costs us to go to the grocery store. I don't like what it costs me to replace the air conditioning unit in my studio at my house. I don't like any of that. But I can. I can, I'm fortunate. I can do it. There are so many people in the country. Most of the country can't. Yep. I, I, I'm led lost for words because you're right. They, they can. And frankly, those are the people who feel like this is an economy that has left them behind. Um, you've even seen polls about blue-collar workers now, which used to be the classic sort of Democratic base. 
is now voting more Republican, voting more for Trump because they do feel left behind, because they feel like they can't even afford those basic things. We've talked about home prices. We've talked about grocery prices. We've talked about gas prices. Those are all sort of the staple things that when you grow up, you feel like you should be able to weather the storm, be able to get through it. And you have so many people who, who cannot do it. They're putting grocery bills now on credit cards. That is so scary to think that there are people out there who have to go to the grocery store and they can't afford it. They're putting it on a credit card and you're starting to see some of those delinquency rates, those late payments, 30, 60, 90 days falling behind on those payments. Those are starting to tick up a little bit. And so that's when I start to get nervous when I think about the markets, when I think about the economy, as I'm starting to see some of those delinquency rates go up a little bit, I'm thinking there's something going on here uh, that that isn't showing up in the data yet, but it's something that we need to keep our eye on because people are starting to fall behind a little bit on those payments. The Big Money Show co-host Taylor Riggs with us here on Fox Across America. Listen, both of them will take a kind of a turn on you here. Yeah. My wife and I talking about this as well. I think that the cost of the response to the COVID pandemic uh, is is going to be paid out over a long period of time. Yes. I don't think we have gotten back to where we were before the pandemic hit. I think we're we're going to we're going to we're going to pay a price in terms of worker productivity. I think it's going to hit uh, the commercial real estate market. I think the labor market is still jacked up following the the the. the uh, the COVID pandemic, and I think we're going to turn out a bunch of kids from school entering the workplace that just really don't have the education that you thought they were going to get when they started school in kindergarten. What say you? I agree. So there's a lot to go there. Let me first start with commercial real estate because we've talked to a lot of investors on our show. With commercial real estate, the problem is let's just take New York City because that's where I'm based. You've all of these nice, pretty, glitzy. And that would be that, that's your problem, by the way. <laughs> I know. Okay. Right. I know. I know. I need to move down south. I'm working on it, but my employer says I have to be in New York, so here I am. So, so bear with me. It, when we all went remote, or still to this day, like you said, it's changed the entire dynamic of the labor force. A lot of people are in jobs where they can still be two or three days remote and they're not coming into the city. That means employers aren't buying, let's say we're not leasing out five floors of rent. We're now leasing only out two floors because I don't have employees in the office five days a week. I don't need five floors. I need two. The pressure that that's putting on the commercial real estate market. I have heard that that is a huge bubble that is um, coming that's on its way. Um, The only sort of consolation prize to that is that we had a really big um, commercial real estate investor from Cushman and Wakefield on the program this week. And he said that you are starting to see lenders work with those borrowers um, to where they can push out the loans a little bit to give them breathing room. So you aren't going to see a wave of commercial real estate defaults like we had in the home market back in 2008, because you really don't want that. It isn't good. It isn't good for the economy. Um, So I agree. I think the commercial real estate market is something that I'm looking at. I think to your point, you know, on education and sort of how COVID changed that space, um, I couldn't agree more with you. You know, we interview kids that are coming out of school and 
They have these liberal arts degrees. They have no idea what they want to do. They're saddled in debt. They want loan forgiveness. But the problem is you can't get loan forgiveness to someone who went to college because they didn't know what they wanted to do with their lives, but not give it to someone who went to work at their dad's business or went to work on a farm or went to a trade school um, because they knew that they couldn't afford college, but they knew that they wanted to do something that had a paycheck at the end of the day. So I think it's a huge problem that we're facing. And um, I think a lot of these kids go to school and they're not getting the education that they thought they did. And look, I'm a proponent of higher education, right? If you have a degree or a paycheck at the other end of that four-year degree, of course you should go to school and learn and grow and challenge yourself. I think the problem is we push... Let me me jump in. I'm a proponent of education. It doesn't have to be at a four-year university that that costs you the price of a house. I agree. It doesn't have, but every I think every high school kid graduating needs some post secondary education. It could be a four year uh, uh, institution or some other way to yes. to finish learning in order to be a productive, uh, economically prosperous adult. Totally agree, and I think we've seen a rise in trade schools. I'm a huge advocate of that, and I'm also a huge advocate of instead of just going to get a liberal arts degree where you don't know what you're going to do in four years, go and actually do something that. Um, helps you learn or is more targeted to an actual job at the other end of that. And I think that's where all these kids, they end up going to school and they're lost because they don't know what they're going to do on the other end of that. And they're not given an education, frankly, that sets them up for success at the other end of that when they're 22 or, or, or uh, you know, whatever age they are. Listen, and we've got about a minute and a half left sure. here, Taylor. So let me just throw it out there to you. See if you agree or disagree. With respect to the politics, all, how all of this finally plays out in the, in the 2024 election, my prediction for, for Wednesday morning is that Donald Trump will have run the table in the Super Tuesday primary. 15 and 0, he's going to run on, uh, on Tuesday, which ends the debate about Nikki Haley. He yes. will be the presumptive nominee. Yes. Agree? Agree. I don't see a path forward for her at this point. I don't see I don't see anything other than than for better or for worse depending if you're if you have concerns about Trump if you're a never trumper if you're into if you're a old establishment republican or whatever if you're a republican and you vote conservative he's your guy and you if yep. you don't want a second Biden term you got to get behind him my concern and ask you what you think will we I don't know, but I think we know that the candidates are Trump and Biden, and I think that that's what we know going into November. It's going to be one of the longest general elections we've ever had, um, but these are the candidates that have been given to us, so I think that's that's what we're that's what we're going to get. If Trump is smart, you know, I, I wish he had done what Mike Pence recommended that he do when, right after the when, when the when the election was called and it was done and there was and, and Biden was sworn in in 2021. Go on a victory tour and say, look at what we accomplished during my administration. If he will run on that, if he will run on the record from 2017 to to before the pandemic screwed things up, he has a record. It's a darn good one. And that's what people are hoping for. If you're a fan of him, that he comes out and he talks about the record that is tried and true. You see the economic record, you see the equity market, stock market record, uh, you see the policies, you see inflation. And to his credit, he's out there and he's talking about his record. He ought to be because it's a good one and it's we could certainly stand to return to it. Taylor Riggs 
It's been a real pleasure. Glad to meet you uh, telephonically, Likewise. electronically. Love to see you in person when I'm in the building. Next time, when you make your way up here. Absolutely. Um, the Big Money Show co-host, 1 p.m. weekdays on the Fox Business Network. You have a great weekend, Taylor. Thank you. You too. Back to wrap it up, bottom of the ninth, coming up here on the Fox, uh, Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Don't go away. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I was giving my daughter a pep talk uh, a little while ago. She's kind of new in the corporate world. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, by the way. I was giving her a little pep talk. I said, listen, Bethany, here's the deal. The, when I, the number one person that stands in the way of my success is looking back at me in the mirror every morning when I shave. Only I can really, really trip me up. The same is true with the United States of America. Only we can ruin the United States of America. We are our only obstacle. If we get it right, there's no stopping us. And this is, we're, we're down to making a choice here. Everybody says every election cycle, this is the most important election in our lifetimes. Well, by God, this one is. You know, we are making a fundamental choice between sanity and, and, and crazy. Because the Democratic Party, which used to be a principled, um, used to be a principled party, uh, used to be you know in, we played our politics between the forties. They've gone crazy, so it's a choice between sane and crazy, and that's where we are. Only we, we are the biggest obstacle to our own success. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Jimmy will be back on Monday. I've had a great time. Thanks, Josh and Mike. Everybody go have a great weekend. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.